HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Nourish and Flourish, a handcrafted, independent publication taking readers on a journey from the soil to the stars. Subscribe today at nourishandflourish.site. This week on Meet and 3, we're examining the true cost of convenience when it comes to when, where, and how we eat. Dark stores enable workers to eat without any kind of thought to how they're getting their food or how it might have come to be. DoorDash, Uber, and Lyft in the past have pledged to spend $90 million to try to exempt themselves from the law. I could be wrong, uh, but I, I think there's going to be significant regulatory pushback on driverless trucks. Tune in to Meet in 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. from when till like one from Roberta's Pizzeria in Bushwick Brooklyn joined as usual with Nastasia the Hammer Lopez good good <laughs> she didn't I said joined as usual you say good you say you usually say you how say, are you doing I didn't though yeah. how you doing? so you're supposed to say hi hi yeah there you go yeah we got Matt in the booth how you doing <laughs> I mean good obviously yeah 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 good good because, Nastasia, I don't care how you're doing. That's why. Yeah. This That's, is why you get angry tweets. Yeah, yeah. so uh, we got uh, Kat from HRNs here to get a yell in your ear hole about uh, the HRN gala. If you like hearing this kind of garbage that we put out, you're going to have to come to this freaking gala, apparently. Got to pay the bills. What? Are we, the, are we like, the, like the fake NPR? You know how much I hate listening to NPR when they bust out there? If you just gave money, but we you don't wouldn't do that. have to hear me talk about but it. But we don't do that. Instead, we throw a party. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And what's going to be at this party, Kat? Dave's going to be at the party. Uh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's going to be at the party. Wine Santa. No, wine they Sa- specifically do not allow Wine Santa at I the Britannical Garden. If you do the party, we'll allow Wine Santa. Do you Santa. remember <laughs> yesterday, last year, when Stephen Hoppy from... From Puerto Rico, like Santa fell over full of like like vodka, vodka. and Luckily. well because he had already sprayed red wine on the back wall of their fancy like area on their wallpaper, 
He then face plants and Stephen Hoppy chest like like iron fist punches Santa's chest and Santa's head fell off. And then he like chicken with his head cut off, dead man dancing on the floor like in his own vomit and vodka. Do you remember this? It was so sad. It was so sad. The best part, though, was when Nastasia was putting him together, and we have a picture that looks like Santa's groping her because his arms are wrapped around her. It's a, it's amazing. So there's a there's a okay. So there's one fella at the botanical gardens who's like a real nice guy, like an event guy. They're all very nice. Sure, they are. And then there was one woman also from the event staff who was like just walked in, saw Nastasia's up, admittedly broke ass wine Santa, in the sense of like put together like a small child would put it together. Anyways, like, she looks at it once, turns to nice guy and goes, no. And then walks away. 86 wine Santa. And that's why, like, wine Santa got for over half the event was in a corner like a dunce facing the corner. Remember this, Nastasia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet you want to do it again because you're such a glutton for punishment. I saw zombie Santa, by the way. That's awesome. All right, listen, before we go any further. Okay. We, whoa, whoa, whoa. Kat, I'll let, I'm going to give you your time. You also have a caller, by the way, just for their sanity, I'm telling you. I will give them their time. Hold on. We have in the studio today one of the all-time intern and intern running crews ever, or some of them. We have Nick Wong of UB Preserve. Hello. Formerly some. He has agreed today to actually freaking talk. <laughs> Don't you do it. Has he? Don't you do it, Nick. Oh, my God. Nick is going to be on permanent 86. I made no such agreement. Yeah, 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 all right, all right. We have Angela Gabatz, who runs Goldenrod Pastries in Nebraska, where the possibilities are... Endless. Thank you. Although that used to be Nebraska's state motto. They changed it. It's not as good anymore. Well, you had endless possibilities. What do you have now? Uh... What, it's not for everyone? No. That's really what it is? What, you're the Hendrix Gin of states? It has recently changed to Nebraska. It's not for everyone. Are, no, wait. No, that's what, for true. real? That is a fact. Oh. <laughs> so you're like, Hendrix Gin seems to do well by saying that it's not for everyone, so we're going to do the same thing here in Nebraska. It used to be the good life, which we stick with, but... The you good know, life, on, like the rap a, song? Yeah, well, kind of, but honestly, it's not for everyone, is what they say. <laughs> Do state mottos change as often? Yeah, they yeah, yeah. should Nebraska? not change. Possibilities endless seems better. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. it was Nebraska nice. The, oh, oh, yeah, Nebraska on. nice. Remember that? Yeah, that one didn't stick either. <laughs> not not for, that nice. <laughs> not for everyone is, what they're saying is, hey, outsiders, get out. Hey, don't come here. That's so crazy. Well, if people keep saying it's just one giant landing strip. Ooh. Uh, Who said excuse that? you, <laughs> when you construct a landmass to be a flat table with a slight grade in one direction, that's perfect for landing airplanes. Am I wrong? Why did you guys do that? Uh, what's my choice? Is it true, <laughs> and I've said this to you a million times, and so you can't go back on it now, that if you go to one side of your state and put a marble on it, it will roll all the way to the other side in a straight line? You might have to come out and give it a shot. <laughs> I mean, some idiot might put a house in the way. But other than that, it's just going to, like, bloop, 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 bloop. Marbles, bloop. not for everyone. Oh, I don't know. Everyone likes marbles. Well, you're, you're not the big ball of twine state, are you? Is that Kansas? Who's no, got the big ball of twine? Isn't that Minnesota? Minnesota. Big ball of twine? Yeah, world's largest ball of twine. And, and I remember back when I was even right? more mean-spirited than Minnesota. I am today. I was like, here's what's awesome and also terrible about New York. Literally, if we were more popular... 
right? We could get on here and be like, yo, everyone show up at Central Park in like an hour and a half. And we would have the biggest ball of twine <laughs> like this. If New York was like, we want to have the world's biggest ball of twine, we could just show up in Central Park and in like an hour and a half it'd get done. We'd have the biggest ball of twine in the world. And then like Shenzhen would be like, oh, no, you don't. And then like, because <laughs> the government in China would be like, no, you're going to, you're twine, twine. And then, like, 14 million people would show up and make a ball of twine that actually changes the gravitational pull of the, of the <laughs> Earth. You know what I mean? By mandate. Yeah, by mandate. Yeah, yeah. But I think we should not talk about China. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I do business in China, but, like, I don't, I'm not on, in the NBA, so there's no way that they're going to, like, stop my pregame from... I felt like I was quietly trying to say not to go. <laughs> like, what, I'm not allowed to talk about the NBA? We should do, What's going on? What what is this? And I Mindy's hear about a ball. Too. We I have we have Mindy. We have Mindy. Now you you go by Lev, like you don't. I always I knew her as Mindy Nguyen before she went by Mindy Lavoff, but it's Mindy Lavoff, so I'm gonna give both. Okay, Mindy. That's fair. I'll just call you Mindy. I like that better. Yeah. So Mindy, uh, you know, Mindy had Nastasia's job before Nastasia had Nastasia's job before Nastasia stopped having that job and became, and I swear to God, this was her official title for a number of years, heir apparent no, at I Booker and Dax. I used it recently. Really? Yeah. Heir apparent to the Booker and Dax fortune cookie collection, which is a bunch of stale fortune cookies in a drawer. Because that's what we're worth, people. That's what we're worth. Uh, so anyway, uh, talk, guys. Oh, wait, call her, call her, you're on the air. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Also, Kat's here, right? Oh, yeah, but she, I said I was going to give her time, but the caller's sitting there waiting. You never said when she was well, going to we get Well, we were also waiting for you to get here, so that's... Kind of <laughs> <laughs> uh, they can't even hear you, Stas. You're not talking into the mic. Call her. Hey, Howdy. yeah. Howdy. Uh, is this my time? Is this the time I get? This is... I'm, I'm giving you your time. <laughs> It's uh, the greatest you. album ever made. What was it? What did he say? Beyonce. What song was it that Beyonce did that oh, year? Oh yeah. It's a, she, he's like, this is the greatest, it's the greatest rap song you, ever made. I'm gonna give you your mic back, but yeah, yeah. Beyonce it was made. Ladies, right? I don't know. I don't know anything about Taylor Swift. I don't really care about her time. Go ahead. Okay, so I got a, a peppermill question for Ooh, you. Ooh, I like uh, this. Yeah, so I'm looking for an heir apparent to my current peppermill, which is right now about as useful as a giant ball of twine. Um, I'm using the OXO, um, you know, kind of standard home kitchen peppermill. It's got a couple different settings on it. You know, you can figure out, like, you know, how, how fine or how coarse you want the grind. Um, but half the time, it's just not, like, the peppercorns are not getting down to where they can be milled. So I have to, you know, keep on switching it to the, the coarsest grind and then get some peppercorns down in there, then switch it back to the fine grind, and it's miserable. Yeah, OXO had a really awesome idea. That was those grips. Everything else, meh, it's okay. You know what I mean? Some of it, it's hit or miss. In other words, not every, I like OXO as a corporation. They made $8 zillion. Not everything they do is the best thing on earth. I'm going to tell you what you need to do. I'm going to ask you some questions first. <laughs> do you have or do you have access to a 3D printer? Uh, negative. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's not a deal breaker. Now, I don't remember the name of it. I'm going to tell you what to get, but I don't remember the name of it. So if you go online, you know, you're familiar with Hario, the, the, the coffee grinder company? Yes. Okay. So Hario makes uh, a number of handheld coffee mills. One's called the Skerton. Okay. Don't get that one. It's fine, but don't get that one. I mean, you can, but don't get that one. If you look on the internet, there is a knockoff 
it's not really a knockoff, but instead of being plastic and hourglass shaped like the Hario, it is kind of cylindrical and stainless steel and tall, right? And it's got like a, a handle that comes off and on. It's got a hex thing on the top and it has the same burr set as the Hario. I just, in fact, the Hario actually might be better for you since you don't have a 3D printer because it sits better. Those coffee grinders, you gotta make sure that it's not the old style. The old style Hario you was a nightmare to adjust the grind, but on these new ones, you unscrew the bottom or lift it off on the stainless one that I'm talking about, and there's a little hand wheel that you click that adjusts the pepper grind perfectly, and this coffee grinder is the best, is the best pepper mill I've ever had in my life. It's the fastest, best, most consistent pepper mill I've ever had, and it's cheaper than a freaking Peugeot or a freaking whatever that, like Mooley, whatever that, whatever that one that everyone bought. Perp, what's it? What's the one? What's the one everyone used to get like 15 years ago? It starts with a P. No, not the Peugeot. The one with the little flap door in the front. That's that looks like a little windmill. Anyway, whatever. It's better than that one. It's the only one I use. And the nice thing is, is that because it's got a bottom contain. The problem. The reason I was asking whether a 3D printer is what's nice to do is to make a base for just it, so it can stand more firmly when it's down. But the good thing about these kinds of things is because they're meant to hold coffee grounds, you can ground a boat ton of pepper into the coffee grind holder and then use it when you're cooking instead of sitting there like a moron over the top of your stock or whatever you're peppering. Yes, I know you should pepper the thing at the end because the pepper just turns into bitterness. But guess what? I like pepper bitterness. So what you should do is add pepper at the beginning of the cook and at the end of the cook. Nick, comments on pepper? I think you're just a bitter person. Uh... <laughs> That's fair, but maybe it's because you got yourself normal bagels and got me a devil's butthole bagel. <laughs> Named after you, so. Yeah. That bagel was twice as expensive. I we, thought you liked rainbow bagels. We really splurged for that for you. I will take a picture, people. <laughs> I will take a picture. Uh, you know what? Uh, bagels. Did I answer your question, by the way? <laughs> Is the collar still there? I don't know. I think I He's gone. So, the, so uh, on bagels... Uh, I'm a, a huge fan over the past five years of the of the other dough base everythings that people put out. Huge fan. Sorry? The pumpernickel everything. Oh. The egg everything. I like that. Yeah. I mean, whole wheat everything. But the pumpernickel everything? Yeah. Yeah, on yeah. On point. On point. On point. Well, if you dip some of these pumpernickel bagels in the leftover everything spices, it looks like we did that for you. I know. Well, years ago, like the rainbow everything. 20, 20 rainbow something everything. years ago when I lived way uptown by Columbia, I, I think I've told this on air, I walked into um, Absolute Bagel, which is run by a family that apprenticed at Essa after they came to this country from, I believe, Thailand. And I said to the guy, you should make a pumpernickel everything. And he just looked at me and started laughing and then walked away. And now who is right? Me. Well, now who's laughing? that voice. Yeah, it was. Everybody's going to laugh at you. What? You should make up that. What? I don't know. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, you actually have yet another caller on the air. All right. Yet another caller. You are on the air. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing? I'm calling for some follow-up. To give you some follow-up. Okay. Because about two months ago, I called asking for advice on batch cocktails for my wedding. Oh, okay. Did it work? There, hey, Stas. Yeah. I'm sure you're here. You like any sort of wedding thing. Okay. What did I tell you to do, and was it a terrible idea? Uh, you told me to look at. You told us to look at punch recipes okay. as guides. You told us to consider using acid-adjusted orange juice in order to keep sort of uh, to replace like more volatile lime and lemon juice. I still believe these. Uh, what we That's good. What yeah. we ended up doing was the punch route. Uh, we didn't actually make the cocktails the day before. We just figured out 
very scaled up recipes for them and had our bartenders make them by the literal bucket load nice. at the event. Uh, so then they could pour it out more easily and it worked out very well. Ah, another happy listener. Ding, ding, ding. And the <laughs> wedding went well, I hope. I mean, not just the cocktails, but I mean, everything went okay. It was great. It was a great time. We had karaoke. Nice. It was all a good time. And you're still married, so it's sticking so far? So far. So yeah. good. <laughs> nice. You hesitated. No, <laughs> I mean, like, I've, Nastasia hates, hates when I say this, but my, my one major theory, which I'm assuming is not you, my one major yes. theory is that most people where they end up splitting up later when they were walking down the aisle knew that something was wrong. They knew that they shouldn't do it as they were going down to do it. But at that no. point, there's just so many dang people there, so much punch, like, already being mixed, that they're like... Yeah, you can't go back on the punch. Can't go back on the punch. You already mixed it. You can't put it back in the bottle. The ABV's too low. He's not talking about you, by the way. <laughs> no. He's saying in theory. No. In theory. Very good. So I'm happy to hear that that is not the case with you. So. Yeah. Also, shout out to Matt for also getting married. Congratulations. Oh, there you go, oh, Matt. Oh, thank you. Yay. Nice. Nice. You gave him more of a shout out than we did. <clears throat> why, why is everyone nicer than us? I have a theory. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, did you have any uh, any other comments or you're just uh, give, giving us the thumbs up on the punch? Great. Oh, yeah. cool. All right. All right, cool. So uh, you want to, for those of uh, people, do you ship, by the way, Angela? Did, what? Does she what? Uh, ship. Ship. <laughs> We all poop. It's a fancy show. It's a, it's a famous book, Mindy. Everybody poops. Like, so let's just stipulate what? that. Weird. Oh, by the way, I see you got sturgeon. Yeah. There's a whole thing here. I hope there's no mouth. No, no, sable. sable. Oh, sturgeon. sable. Sable. Yeah. I like sable because doesn't sturgeon, doesn't the cure sturgeon always have, and it's always, no matter who makes it, like a, like a weird kind of mold hit at the end the taste the flavor Ooh. the old mold hit I wish mold we had hit. some now to know Ooh, did I tell did I say on air where I thought I where I, I, I thought I shortened my life by like five years by eating something what okay okay so for those of you that know and we can talk about this later because there's a meat study out that we're not gonna have time to talk about but I'd like to anyway the, the one one of the very few things that I believe <clears throat> is actually bad for you is aflatoxin right which is like mold based toxins you know that, anyway, so like I brought back from China some sort of like weird like bean cake in a in a plastic McGillicuddy. You know what I'm saying? Like a little like it looked like a bit of honey thing, but it was like some sort of bean cake. So, anyways, Jen rightly was like, "This has been out. Should I throw this away?" I'm like, "Nah, it's sure it's meant to be out. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's good." So like two weeks later, I see it stashed. As soon as something is stashed. Which goes with my other thing, by the way. If you wrap something in your kitchen in aluminum foil, just throw it out. As soon as you wrap it in aluminum foil, throw it into the garbage. Because as soon as you can't see it or you don't know what it is, you're never going to eat it. Unless you're a label fiend, like my man Nick here, just throw it the hell out. Anyways, so uh, it's the same thing. It's like as soon as you put that pasta maker like in like the back of the third drawer underneath like eight piles of other things just throw it out just throw it out you're never going to use it again anyways uh and <laughs> the time it takes you to get it and clean it and fix it after that you could have just gone on amazon it would have showed up the next day you could make pasta less hassle less hassle anyways where was i with this so i see it and i'm like i'm not going to do that thing where it just sits on my shelf for like eight years, and then Jen comes up and is like, I told you to throw this away, and then it gets thrown away. I'm not, I'm not going to be that guy again, <laughs> right? So I'm like, I'm going to eat it. 
So I open it, and because I'm a jerk moron, I don't sit there and take a bite of it and enjoy it. Well, I, I enjoy things differently from you if you're a person, right? If you're a person, you probably enjoy taking a bite of something and then eating it and no, then taking another bite. You were eating it for spite. I was like, bam! No, I, I wanted it, but I was like, bam! So I, I chew it, and then as soon as I go goomp, I'm like, ah, mold! <laughs> not like, not like friendly mold, like freaking, toxic, toxic like mold. toxic, toxic, toxic mold. Now here's the kicker. For those of you that also know me, it's not like I ate lunch today. I mean, today I'm going to, but in general, I didn't eat lunch, right? So I have nothing in my stomach but this toxic mold thing. Straight and I'm thinking, I'm taking straight aflatoxin. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm F. That's it. That's like carcinogen plus, 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 plus. So but we... It's very hard to make yourself throw up on an empty stomach. So I go back into the bathroom and I shove my fist and my I do I do the I do the twinkle tickle with my fingers the all the way down my throat. I'm like, Bruh! I like bury my hand in there the back goes, of my throat to start going blah, 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 with my fingers and oh god, and I'm like, ah! and but nothing came out and so I had to eat the damn I had to keep that toxic mold in my system and. For all I know, it's still there working its carcinogenic ways right now. Why didn't you just gulp a ton of water so that you could, like... I, I, by the time I thought of that, I was so spent from, like, <laughs> from just the, that the initial... Twinkle tingle, the twinkle tingle, whatever that was. And, like, oh, my God. Like, you know, Ugh. your back of your throat is not meant to have your finger jamming into it. No. It's, like, worse than a... It's not actually, it's not worse. It's not... I was going to say it's worse than when you swallow that tortilla and it goes down flat. Ugh. You ever, how many times does that happen to you? That's never. the worst. Yeah. What? what? Really? Never? What are you talking about? You've never had the, like, tortilla shard? Oh, chip. Yeah. 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 I thought you meant just a soft tortilla. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? No, we're talking about the chip. What's wrong? Where the chip shard goes, hey, how about it? And just goes oh, down your throat yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. And you, you can feel, feel it? it the whole way. Yeah, yeah the yeah, whole way. Like, I like, Louise. Bleeding. Uh, bleeding. Anyway, so do you ship? <laughs> And so what pepper grinder are we getting? So my bakery, Golden Red Pastries, currently ships. It's a more complicated process, but we'll be starting e-commerce later this year. So you can follow us at Golden Red Pastries for shipping updates. Now, second, how do you, like, you do many fancy, like, ice things. Do you have, like, those pizza tents that you put in it to stop that from getting ruined during shipping? Or do you not? Uh, we don't ship the fancy ice things because I had not thought about pizza tents yet. Man, pizza tents. Yeah. There's got to be a way to do it. Where there's a will, there's you. If anyone can do it, Angela, you can do it. Because of the possibilities? Because possibilities are still in your heart because that's the way you grew up. Endless. P.S. This has nothing to do with anything. Her dad used to run like the the, the Nebraska beef situation, which was kind of cool. <laughs> situation. Just all the beef. Yeah. He, he's he made me one of the greatest steaks I've ever had. Is that true? It, it was. I like, hope it's true. It was. It's the truth. The fat cap on the ribeye tasted like bone marrow. In their house, you eat the fat so, first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you? By the way, I I'm remiss. So goldenrod pastries here? was founded. I don't know, like six, seven, eight years. Later. It was about five. Five. There you yeah. go. So, uh, I, I, I was had like fabulous and uh, oh, Jeremiah yeah. on here, and I was like, "What? Your restaurant opened what? Like two years ago? They're like five. I'm like, <laughs> oh man! So anyway, so like you know, look, I have no sense of time anymore. Please, please. So uh, explain to people what uh, inclusive baking is. That's a great question. So we, I started my business because I had to go dairy free, and I wanted to find a way to bake for myself after going to the French Culinary Institute and only using dairy 
for everything, I had to find a way to bake for myself. So I started a blog and started talking about um, dairy-free baking and realized that people needed gluten-free, dairy-free, vegan, all these things. So I decided to open a business about a year after I founded my blog. And so we are primarily gluten-free, dairy-free, vegan bakery in Nebraska. And I would say... 75, 80% of our customers have traditional diets, which is my favorite part. So we make food that's actually just like really good and not good for gluten-free. Now, here's something that people over the internets can't know, but is, uh, by the way, can you say, is the word a-hole okay on family shows? Are we a family show? We're a family (laughs) show. (laughs) Anyway, Angela is not one of these people in general who... In general. no, she's not one of these people that, in general, people, you would think someone who would have a business like that would not be like you, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so we, like, in that's, you know, a lot of... <laughs> Dave is trying to pay you a compliment. Yeah. He's never, he, he, he's Amber, read about compliments. And burning everyone Zane. else in the process. No, no, what I'm saying, well, no, but in other words... Good try. In other words, like, it, 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 you're not, like... I am believing this kind of health and um, my body, my body, my body, my body. And like, you know, like, like this sort of like completely like weird, obsessed, like self-centered, like, you know, you know beating your kids into eating a specific thing kind of a person. Best about golden round pastries. <laughs> no. So I brought, speaking of kids, I brought my kids to see Aunt Angela at her bakery and we spent every morning there eating everything at the bakery and these kids had no clue that anything was different ingredient-wise than any other bakery. And I have to say, these are the best buns, like cinnamon rolls, sticky buns. We have the best buns. They have the best buns, buns, buns. Like. We, have the bu- <laughs> we do ship our buns merch. <gasps> oh, wait, oh, wait yeah, merch or buns? Merch. Oh, buns, merch. buns, buns. Oh, I like that. But the point being that you're such a high-quality individual in general wow. that regardless of like what you're putting into it, you're doing it for a quality reason as well. So it's like, you're not going to sacrifice quality Absolutely, and produce yeah. some sort of dense gummy monstrosity because you don't care about them. I feel that a lot of people who get into this, into your segment of the business, don't care about food. So, they care about other things. Whereas you care about food. I think that like, yeah, for sure. A lot of people come at it from a health perspective and I come at it from like a food perspective and, um, you know, we use a lot of sorghum flour for cookies and I think that sorghum flour actually makes a better cookie than regular all-purpose flour. And so we're making something that I find to be like a lot better than what I was traditionally making. And so we're making really delicious food that happens to be all of these other things and we're not sacrificing fat or sugar. And, you know, I get a lot of questions in interviews about why do you do healthy, whatever. It's like, I don't know what healthy is, but also we're not doing that. Yeah, I don't know what healthy is. That's the only right answer. Like, what is it? I have my question. Sorghum flour, is it work well in cookies because you don't have to worry about the water uptake because it takes up so much freaking water in, like, higher hydration things? That is a great question. I'll call back with that question next week. (laughs) (laughs) It will be late to answer your question. It has a beautiful texture, though. Your cookies have that, like, shortbread crumble, that tender crisp. Yeah, but it's also, like, very bendy. It's not, like, it's not, it doesn't shard. Um, It's really, like, bendy. Go ahead, guys. What's so funny? (laughs) So, so Nick, Nick and I, for for years, are, we're a a UR people. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, as in, oh, that is a shardy, fluffy, you are a shardy, shardy cookie. Yeah, yeah you are a shardy cookie. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that, like, a lot of people don't, Do I guess, that? they didn't gr- grow up with it like we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are a, <laughs> They didn't come, come of age in come the UR culture. We have a UR culture. 
Yeah. We still do it. Yeah. We still do it to each other yeah. all the time. Yeah. So we also like uh, we have a, a standard. Nick, Nick, and I have a standard question that Is we Nick ask. Here? If anyone <laughs> says so, like let's say I was giving a let's say I was giving a talk about some what Nastasia, what kind of garbage stuff do I usually talk about? Carbonation. Okay, carbonation. <laughs> I'm giving like a like some sort no of no hesitation from Nastasia on that one. <laughs> She's like I got a list of the garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. All right, so like so I'm giving I'm giving a talk on carbonation, and Nick happens to be the audience, and someone says any questions? <laughs> yes. I have a question. Yes. It's a family show. I can't say it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, are you? Yeah, it's basically. Are you bleeping? Yeah. It's the internet. So, are you bleeping? Kidding me right now? Yeah, yeah. And that's his only question. And then he walks out. <laughs> like every time, and I believe at the FCI, you actually did it a couple of times, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Because you can't live a joke like that and not do it. Like Nastasia and I committer. have a thing he where we're gonna go in. in front of a, when a band is playing that we're gonna get near the front. And then right when they're rocking out, I'm going to flip them the double birds, the double high birds. That means the middle finger. And, like, sit there. But, like, you got to be, like, smiling and, like, like banging the head and rocking with the full-on, like... But you're fist-pumping the bird into them like you're, like... Like you're punching them in the side of the head with the with the but birds with the thumbs out. Right you didn't live it. We did it. No. We did it. First of all, I don't. I didn't at that time. I feel like I could do it now. Didn't know the Phantom Planet guy very well, and we did it to him, and he didn't notice. Wait, but, can you? What was that? Can you show us that? Oh, like, like, just like this. Like. <laughs> or like, like uh, the 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 prototypical. If I ever went to a Hall and Oates concert, rich girl. Dave, this is a radio show, by the way. <laughs> We're going to have to put this on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is going on. You know it don't matter anyway, Nick. Mindy, what do you got going on? Mindy, what do you... We actually have a question for Nick now that he has spoken. Oh, oh, yeah. You be um, preserved, by the way, his, uh, his restaurant right now, not related to UB40 or any other... What is it? UB stands for what? Underbelly. Underbelly. Because there originally was an underbelly, and then this became the preserve, i.e. the original one shut down, and you're preserving the mental attitude of the original, but this is kind of your take on what that thing was? Exactly. Okay. Yes. All right. Question for Nick. All right. This is from Travu in the chat. Um... He has tried the recipe for the sambar shiitake <laughs> mushroom texture. Whoa, oh, whoa, boy. whoa, whoa, What, what? Oh, yeah, go ahead. The ones in the buns, but can't get the texture, Ooh. like, in the restaurant. The ones in the buns. Angela, what do you think about the ones in the buns? I love the ones in the buns. You are the one in the bun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was good. There have been so many Solid. potential episode titles for this episode already. You guys are great. <laughs> All right, so, Nick, come on. Talk about some shy talks. So the question is, the texture is not correct because you're following the recipe from the Bomofuku cookbook? Yeah, I think this person <laughs> this person is implying that, that they, you screwed up. Nick did not write the recipe in that cookbook as far as I remember. I, okay, I don't know. Yeah, right, so how do you make them, Nick? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> because you work at UB Preserve. <laughs> I, will, I will try to answer your question, though. Is, is the question, like... They're just too chewy. They're not chewy never, enough. Never firm enough. Never firm, firm enough. enough. After, mm. Are you hitting them on the plancha before you put them in the buns? Like, you got to cook them out a little bit. A lot bit. Those things are cooked. Yeah. Like, you pickle them, and then you hit them on a plancha, and you hit them to a little mortade. Is it a full pickle? And then you crispy. It's a half pickle. <laughs> Those things... Well, you get a little bit of caramelized sugar action from hitting it with some tare on the plancha. With the shiitakes. Can I ask that you, gives a little bit of crisp. Can I ask you a similar a follow-up question, Nick? I will not make you a pork bun. Uh, no. Well, for, you're not, your name's not Sinaido. For those of you that know, like, 
The pork buns at Sambar for years were all about this guy named Sinaito. And Sinaito was like the grandmaster pork bun magician of all time because you could walk into Sinaito and you could be like, Sinaito, I need a thousand <clears throat> pork buns now. And he would just sit there and like, like he would just, same look on his face, buns, 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 buns. And when they're being made, they all look like Kermit the Frog, like when they're open and they got the pork on it with the cucumber. Sinaito was a genius of pork buns. What happened to Sinaito? <laughs> He got a better paying job. <clears throat> oh, man. Why don't you just want to work the bun station for the rest of your life? You, you should have paid him anything to have him continue to make buns. I tried. All right. <laughs> yeah, uh, did that answer this no, person's question? That wasn't they, my follow-up, though. said, got it, thanks. That wasn't my follow-up. My follow-up was sometime during when Bookering Dax existed, like when it still existed as a bar, before they renovated that area and made Bookering Dax not exist as a bar anymore, you went from the mushroom being vegetarian to the mushroom being not vegetarian. Was mm. that just to spite people? I work at UB Preserve. I had a good time. Did you have a good time when we went to UB Preserve a couple months ago, or did you hate the hell out of us when we were there? Me hating you and me enjoying my time at UB Preserve are two separate things. <laughs> no, the, my time with you at UB Preserve. When, it was a lot of fun. It was it was really a lot of fun having you do the bar takeover for our Southern Smoke Spring fundraiser. Yeah. We actually had our fall one yesterday. Oh, how'd it go? How did it go? It Tell was us about really it. good. Mm-hmm. We had a bunch of like twenty five chefs from all over the country and Houston local chefs raised five hundred and seventy three thousand dollars for the MS Society and Dang. also for nice. our own emergency relief fund that helps out industry workers in need. How much? Five hundred thousand dollars, huh? Five hundred seventy-three. Oh, that's get closer wow. to six. I love underbelly. Right? Almost six. Got to undersell that next year when we hit six. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah broke yeah, our yeah, blessings yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that was the only time that I've ever been to Houston. What's the what's your bon me shop? It's called like California or something like this. Cali sandwich. Cali sandwich. It's very good. It was good. It's three fifty a pop. I forget what was it. What's the one to get mixed? Was it? It's what's the one? It's the duck viet. Duck viet. Very fancy. That's super what that fancy. means. Three fifty. Super fancy. Super fancy. I tried to go the there head, twice. The head look. Like pate and everything. First time I went in there, not one person was there working. There were people eating. <laughs> well, one of those people technically works there. I guess. I don't know. I stood around for a while being like, sandwich, 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 and then I left. Did you say it like that? No, come on. They've never seen someone from Staten Island there. <laughs> oh my God. What? Did, what? All right. So, should I answer some of the questions that people were. Mindy, do you have anything to say for yourself? No. No? You didn't notice our, <laughs> our matching shirts. Oh, we got some shirts made. Let me see. They're for Aang Su. Oh, nice. All right, we're going to talk about Aang Su. Oh, Kat, why don't you do your... Thank you. Do you. Um, <laughs> poor cats. Okay, so our gala is on Monday, November 11th at Brooklyn Botanic Garden, the Palm House and Yellow Magnolia Cafe, like it has been for the past two years. But this year, it's going to be earlier in the year. It will be warmer. And... Um, we're going to have Dave making cocktails, Souther making cocktails, Damon making cocktails from Speakeasy. We're going to have a bunch of restaurants, Daily Provisions, Marlowe and Daughters, Marta, Momofuku Nishi, Park Avenue Autumn, many, many, many more. Right. Um, go to heritageradionetwork.org slash gala to get tickets. Early bird tickets are on sale until this Thursday, October 10th. Boom. And speaking of giving your time, Nastasia's run out, so she has to say goodbye. 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 I'll all see right. you off the Bye, Sassy. I hope yeah, so. Tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come tonight. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah, if you want to see this crew, come pester them at existing conditions at some point tonight, but I won't tell you when. Drinks on Dave. So, uh, Question, Dave. 
Yes. What are two cocktails <clears throat> you would make with gin and mezcal for the gala? That's my question. <laughs> for the gala? Yeah. Not for everyone. For the gala. I already yeah. got the mezcal cocktail in my head. What is it? I'm not going to tell you. What am I tell you? <laughs> Come on. Sneak peek. Sneak peek. Secret. How about gin? Gin? First of all, <laughs> listen, when you're making cocktails at, a, at an event, when I was like a younger person who cared more about like, you know, doing the right thing, I would do shaken cocktails at events. <laughs> Nick, you used to see me do all... Did you go with me? Do, were any of you guys at the MTV event? No. no. Where I did 1,500 Alaminute carbonated drinks. It was the dumbest thing I've ever done. Did they really life. appreciate them? Uh, they drank a lot. That's the one where Nastasi and I distilled a Christmas yeah, tree. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, real dumb. I don't do that stuff anymore. I'm a big believer in the pump and dump. So, like, at events, pump, dump, pump, dump. So I'm going to do uh, a drink with the mezcal that goes over a rock. It's going to be our wintertime version of the Saratoga Paloma, which is, like, one of our better seller salty drinks. So, good. Uh, so this is a winter, win- winterized uh, on-the-rock version. The gin, I can't tell you what I'm going to make because I haven't thought of it yet. What do you like with gin? Um, I I just like gin, period. So I don't think you need to do anything like crazy to it, right? You mean like pink gin? You just want me to throw Ango and gin and put it in a cup with no ice? And you're just going to sit there and pound it? I don't know. It? You're the professional, not me. I don't know what I would do with gin. Well, what would you... What? I like uh, a Negroni. Yeah, but that requires that you also purchase Campari and Vermouth. So you're saying we should get Campari and Vermouth. Well, I'm saying I'm fine with Campari and Vermouth, but... Yeah, we have a whole bar in here. You would need to buy it for the event. Whose gin are we using? <clears throat> Scottish Kings. All right, and who's, uh, what's the other thing I'm using? The Mezcal Sombra Mezcal. So, okay, Same as last year. Okay, all right. So it's a lighter Mezcal. So Sombra is like lighter, not as smoky. All right, all right. So cool. I might do a different... Well, we'll think about it. We'll think, we'll about, think about it. it. All right, we'll think about it. All right, all right. right. HeritageRadioNetwork.org slash gala. See you there. And by the way... Don't show up at the New York Botanical Gardens thinking that you're going to go to a party because that's in the Bronx and this one's in Brooklyn. Okay. FYI. Thanks, Dave. All right, you're welcome. Bye, Kat. Bye, Kat. Bye. Bye. How come it doesn't recognize my face? All right. Well, I see see you're a good salesperson. We'll we'll be back for We should go for that. All right. Nicoleska wrote in and said, My embarrassed friend sent me this picture of her daughter's school photo prop that has been filled to her daughter's specification. uh, To the daughter's specification. uh, And... uh, Nick thought of us and sent it. It says this. It's a first day of kindergarten sign for the children, and I will read it for you. (laughs) Soph's first day of kindergarten. I am five and a half years old. I want to be a jerk when I grow up. A jerk! A jerk! That's what it says. It's amazing. It's an amazing photo. Is letting them listen to your show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, You know, Dax now says... That's what he says all the time. I can kill you. Like that. Like he says it as a joke, I think. (laughs) Richard in Indiana writes in, hey, Dave, Nastasia. She left. She didn't care about your question there, Richard. And Matt. She might have if you were here on time. Please. She left before one. She She left before one. Don't worry, I'm on him, Sauce. This year I decided to start growing super hot peppers for the first time and have tons of pods, which gave me the ability to start playing with different recipes, and I finally came up with something I like. I'm now wondering what it would uh, take to turn this recipe into something that is shelf-stable. Is it mainly a pH thing, or is there more I have to account for? Do you know of any good resources I can read to get more up to speed on this? Thanks. Resources? I don't know. If you want to stabilize that crap, go to TIC Gums, what you need to know when you're formulating hot sauce. And they'll tell you, like, basically it's Xanthan. The, the answer is Xanthan, if you want to stabilize it. No, but there's, it. there's also, like, for shelf stability, you have to have, like, gram. Okay. Well, so, 
according to TIC Gums, the added salt acts as a preservative, right? So you're going to want the residual salt content at being six, about 6% for super shelf stable and a, 3%, uh, a, a, a pH of 3.0, and that's going to make something stable. And if you're worried about stuff growing, you can do a low temperature pasteurization because nothing is going to, like yeast and stuff aren't going to grow in that. Uh, but, you know, you're not going to kill the spore forming stuff, but it won't grow with that. However, however, if you look at sriracha, Sriracha, right, has a relatively high pH, 4, right? It's not an extremely vinegary or acidic uh, uh, product. It also has a relatively low salt content. It's at 4% salt, which I calculated based on the nutritional panel. It's probably actually less. I counted, you know, I took the weight of sodium as, uh, as 22.9, the weight of uh, chlorine as 35.4, did the math based on their sodium numbers, blah, 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 blah. Anyway. So uh, it's, uh, it's under 4% salt, and so it's a low salt. So they add uh, sodium bisulfite to preserve the color, and that's why sriracha doesn't brown out the way a lot of other sauces do. It gets super... I have a bottle of sriracha in our fridge that is a crazy color. Crazy yeah. what? Like deep, deep, dark red, almost Same. purple. Yeah. Mm. The longer you keep that, it gets... It changes, funky. but not as much as it would if they didn't like jacket yeah, yeah, yeah. so you could use ascorbic acid but it's ascorbic acid gets consumed uh better and the other thing they use more the other thing they use is potassium sorbate to inhibit molds and yeast because they're not at a super low ph and not at a super high salt so a lot of people are like sriracha is not healthy because it contains a lot of salt and it's what got is potassium. healthy exactly potassium <laughs> sorbate and sodium but listen i'm not a huge fan of you of people using sulfates because i think that a lot of times you could taste them if you put it at the wrong level and people overdose them over you know add them uh but i don't really care about the other stuff and as for salt it's actually low in salt that's why they have to add the potassium sorbate jerks jerks um <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do this and then I was like, Joshua uh, wrote in about bitter cream. You are bitter cream. Oh, there you go. Boom. I have some catching up on the backlogs of shows since finding cooking issues eight months ago. Finally, I have a question for you. <laughs> I recently purchased three different pints of the same brand of heavy whipping cream from our local grocery store and they were all bad. Though not in the lumpy, sour, and rancid bad that I have normally... You are. It's too easy. Yeah. yeah that I've normally seen in other dairy products. It smelled fine and the immediate taste was okay, but instead of the usual sweet and silky taste that follows, it had a very sharp bitterness that made me think someone dumped bile into the cream supply. The only ingredients in this heavy whipping cream are cream and carrageenan, which is unusual. Almost everyone has switched to gel in. Uh, so what was giving this nasty bitter taste? Has it gone bad, contamination, cow's diets? Uh, and when I was thinking about this, I had another thought. Why isn't cream lumpy anymore? It seems that even a few years ago, cream would be lumpy. I think it, they're adding gel in now. Maybe that's the reason. But anyway, hold on a second. Uh, I will tell you what it is. I looked it up, and all of the information on bitter cream <laughs> is from like 1919 and 1920. So I'll give you the cause of bitter milk from the Pacific Rural Press, volume 97, number 11, 15 March 1919. The cause of bitter milk. Every year this season, we receive many inquiries regarding the cause and remedy for bitter milk and difficult churning. There are two different kinds of bitter fermentation, one that is present at the time of milking and one that does not appear until the milk has been left standing for uh, a longer period of time. Also, the bitter milk is usually more prevalent in the winter than during the summer months. That is because low temperatures, the bacteria which cause bitter milk, develop faster than the bacteria which cause milk to sour. So what you're having is a bacterial growth going on in your fridge, right, that can override lactic acid bacteria that's not making it 
uh, sour, but is mm-hmm. breaking down the protein and possibly also the fat. So you're going to have protein breakdowns that are bitter and possibly also lipid uh, oxidation products that are making it bitter and also weird on your tongue, which might give you a bile thing. And it says at the end of that article, this very often happens with cream, and under such conditions it will not churn readily because the a- abnormal fermentation has hardened the fat gl- globules so they will not stick together. Uh, so there you have it, from 1919. Wow. And there's uh, some more information you can look. It's more recent, but why do you need more? Oh, w- so get this. There's a fault in cream. You ready for it? Bitty cream. <laughs> Bitty. It's caused by this. Bitty cream. And sweet curdling. <laughs> Bitty cream, noun, uh, sweet cream curdled by bacteria that survive pasteurization, compare with broken. Bitty brings up my favorite Alan Jackson song, Little Bitty. It's all right to be Little Bitty, little hometown or big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little bitty while. Uh... <laughs> It's really the only Alan Jackson song that I listen to. I will never forget this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and wait, one, so it's too one, cold. Wait, one, it was yeah. too cold. Well, it's, it's, it's too cold for the other stuff to grow, but over a long period of time of storage, as cream gets stored for a lot longer than milk usually does, because we don't use it as quickly, even at the store, right? It right. stays a long time in the store. It could be growing these other bacteria that cause it to go bitter. I'm going to say one thing before we talk about the reason you guys came here, because, Matt, do I got five minutes? Of course you do. All right, cool. So, uh, Thanks, Matt. Nice. This weekend, this is classic, right? So you guys know Booker always threatens to... <laughs> Booker hates the birthday song, right? Why not? Yeah. So yeah. like, but he always threatens, he asks every year for his birthday, he wants a pepper spray. So that <laughs> at his birthday party, if someone sings happy birthday, he can pepper spray them <clears throat> nice. in the house. I'm like, first of all, don't use pepper spray in the house. I was like... Take him outside. But he practices. So you're like, you'll walk up to him and be like, hatch. And he makes the, he pulls out his hand and makes nice. the noise right before you even get to the pee. Hatch. And he like does it. Yeah, he's all psyched. He's so ready to pepper spray people. And we're like, Booker, that's being a bad host. You're being a bad host. And then he's like, what if I put a sign outside that says, if you come into the house and sing happy birthday, you will get pepper sprayed. I was like, that, that seems fair. Well, I was like, but that's also running. unwelcoming. That's unwelcoming. That's like those signs that say, I'm going to cut your bike off of my fence. No, just cut the bike off the fence because the bike doesn't belong on your fence. I'm like, take your shoes off when you come into my house. I feel like that's a fair request. No, but that that is a fair request, but you're not like, or I will pepper spray you. I don't know. She might. Depends. Anyway, point being that I got to see what it was like when someone actually did that because Dax was doing his track and field event at Van Cortland Park, which is cool, actually. Van Cortland Park, never been there before. Uh, 242nd Street, for those of you that don't know, i.e. way up in the Bronx by Riverdale. Anywho, so didn't you used to live way the hell up there at one point? No, you... No. Spanish Harlem. Uh, yeah, you got more songs going through my head now. Anyway, so, like, issue is... There's, Van Cortland Park has this big thing called the parade grounds. There's like a hundred schools there. So it's like chock full of kids and like coaches and adults. And there's a finish line where all the races end, but then they start all different places. So I'm, I didn't get to actually witness it, which I'm forever upset for because I had to be that idiot who posted myself along Dax's race so I could like say, go Dax, go. And there was still an opportunity for it to help him speed up. You know what I mean? So when I find, when he finally finishes the race and I go back, there's ambulances and cop cars everywhere. Now, luckily... Not, it was before Dax's actual race, so he wasn't involved. But some, like, and this is some, like, California-level craziness, right? No offense. Uh, lady goes, ah, get out of my space! It pulls out pepper spray and pepper sprays all these kids at the finish line. Oh, <laughs> and the kids are like, ah! <laughs> ah! <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm sitting there, and the coach is telling me this, and I'm like bent over laughing, like crying, not from pepper spray, but from laughing that this actually happened in the real life. Oh She's God. like, what's funny? What's funny? I'm like, oh oh, okay, God. yeah, yeah, it's not funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? I went home, and Booker's like, yeah, that's what they get. <laughs> Wait, was she a mom? Who was the woman? I, I, unclear, but I doubt it. I think she's just like a lady that hangs out at the park and was like, ah, my space. Wow. Strong. Strong. See, she needs to move to Nebraska where there's more personal space. Like, I feel if you or need Houston. your... Houston. There's personal... You have personal space. I don't know. I feel if you need your personal space, New York uh, City, not a good place to live. I feel like Houston, you give people personal space. Nick, can you tell the story you know. about your... Uh, was it your, your sous chef who went out to visit a stockyard? A stock show with his Houston city boots on? <clears throat> oh, our uh, culinary director, Nick Fine, went to the rodeo and was, like, walking through the... Uh, you know, oh, showing your cattle and stuff like that if you want to buy some. Walks by this cowgirl. She looks him up and down, and this guy, he is from Texas, but he is very much a city slicker. She looks him up and down. This is a real cowgirl, like, breaks bowls, spits on his boot and says, you're in the wrong place, city slicker. No! Well, yeah. more colorful <laughs> language, but this is a family show. So. <laughs> what? I Amazing. Like, I would marry her immediately. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Nick's type of girl, right there. Man, spit on Hock-a-loo your boot. on your boot. <laughs> tell you how much you, how little you mean to me. <laughs> well, that's a strong. That sounds incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so welcoming. That's welcoming. Uh, all right, so why don't you explain? Why don't you explain uh, your your shirts and uh, and uh, what's going on? So we had a friend. We all had a friend, and I I think you spoke really nicely about Aang Su. Was it last week? Or week before? Uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It's the last show I listened to. Um, so we had a great friend, and he, I think, changed the way all of us think about food and think about cooking. Um, and he was wildly inappropriate. Oh, my God. <laughs> Flat screen TVs? <laughs> if, if there was a line... That you shouldn't cross. I always used to say he would pull vault across that line. Yeah, he wouldn't be able to see the line anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Destroyed you just the line. Destroyed the line. And just the questions he would ask you. Because he was actually curious about the answer. <laughs> were just They would not fly today. Absolutely. They would no longer be appropriate questions. But he never meant it offensively or to make you uncomfortable. No, but you're saying it in a way that's going to make people think, well, I wouldn't have liked this guy, but it's not no, like no, that. No, 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 no. It's he not was, like that. He was He's not. not for everyone, let's just put it yeah, that way. Yeah, he was not for everyone. This is in Nebraska? He was like, he was like Nebraska. He's not for Hon- everyone. Honorary Nebraska. He was, he, but he was one of the greatest, uh, greatest human beings that you could ever meet, and he did amazing things for people. Uh, and I always tell this story, you know, when Dave and I, we're a two-person team in a closet at the French Culinary Institute. Um, Angela and Engsu would come in every day after pastry, you know, with these giant trays of what they baked that day and the greatest stories of the pastry chefs and what they learned that day and the adventures they went through. Engsu and I had a, it, you know, it was a pretty intense time, um, and he went through some stuff when we were in school together. I was working for Dave, I had another internship, and I remember specifically he would call me in the morning to make sure that I was like up because I had had really long nights, and 
he wanted to make sure I was going to show up to school and that I was awake. And he would say, wakey, wakey, time to bakey. And I would get to class and he would have breakfast waiting for me. And um, one of the most genuine, uh, Nick saw him most recently at his restaurant in Singapore. You want to talk, you want to talk about uh, his Nasi Lemak? And all? I never got to have it. So his restaurant in Singapore is called the Coconut Club. And they just moved up to a larger location up the street, apparently. Um, his, I guess, signature dish, but it's more of like a national dish of Singapore, if they have one, because there's so many different cultures there. But uh, it's a nasi lemak. It's a, like a fried chicken leg, some coconut rice, some fried anchovies, some peanuts, a f- fried egg. Did I say that? Some Not peanuts. Yet. Not yet. But it's like you can get it for like three bucks on any hawker stand, and he's charging like twelve fifty a plate. Apparently and, that thing's up to almost 20 now. Yeah. But he would source the best rice, the best chicken, the best coconuts. Like, he couldn't find good enough coconuts, yeah, so he opened up, like, a coconut yeah. farm. He started his own coconut farm so he could get the best quality product for his food. And, like, beyond that, it was more of a... He could see, <clears throat> you know, all these hawker stands have these great things, but no one's teaching anybody. You got these 60, 70, 80-year-old masters of their <clears throat> one dish... But they don't let anyone else learn. So, like, when they pass on, that's it. So he wanted to make the best version of this, show all these other people how to make it, and be like, cool, now you go out in the world and you do it too. Or, like, you find, like, a way to represent yourself with a specific dish and push push Singapore forward in terms of, like, it's not just hawker stands and hawker centers or, like, crazy Michelin star restaurants. There is a middle space for you too. You don't have to be an 80-year-old master make this you can i'll teach you how to do this so you have these skills to take with you after you leave here he also like he was interesting one thing one of the reasons i liked him working with him when he was at you know at the fci so much was that he was always he was uncompromising but not in a jerk a-hole way about it he just he knew he just was like you know he wanted mm-hmm. it to be good yeah, he always. wanted to be the best and uh, he didn't want to just shortcut if there was a better way to do it. We were, I was looking through our recent um, conversations and uh, it was about a year ago, not that recent, and he was telling me how much he wanted to do for his staff and everything he wanted to do to make their lives better and how hard it was and how taxing it was on him, but just how much he wanted to do for them. And um, then, so I'm working on this cookbook right now and I was texting with Mindy and Nick and some things were getting really challenging with my editor and all of these things were happening and I, it was right after Aang Su passed and I could hear his voice in my head of this uncompromising personality of what he would do and the lengths that he would go to to do what he knew was best and it, again, this will make him sound like a jerk and he really wasn't, but um, he would say, F you, man. And I just had this voice in the back of my, his voice in my head is like this really specific voice. And he would say, F you, man. And, um, and just laugh. And like, (laughs) um, I thought about him and I was like, you know what? That's exactly what we all just need to remember. And it's not in a jerk way. Again, it's this uncompromising, um, personality to do what you know is. And it wasn't easy for him. No, it wasn't easy easy for him. He didn't have an easy background, you know, and, and for him to be able to stand up and say, no, if you, man, I know what's right and I'm going to keep doing what's right. And I think he had that same conversation with you too, Nick, right? About how much he cared for the people who worked for him. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I get a lot of crap for serving a $12.50 nice and lock F you, man. 
you making a uh, uh, nice little for the tourists and not for like F you man I don't care was like that whole sort of like I'm gonna do what I think is right is it his family Did, was it his uncle or his dad his that dad. went to jail his dad went to jail for a long time <clears throat> for not bending in the Cantonese newspaper he yeah. was working on in Singapore right and was like nah I'll go to jail no and house arrest for like the rest of his life yeah for like 40 years or something yeah, so time. comes think, from a long line of F you man. <laughs> but I think he's, you know, to kind of sum it all up, I think that he is, he was what's right in our industry and in the world in general, somebody who really wants to make a difference for staff, for the community, and make food that's wholesome, cultural, delicious, and uncompromising, and really keeping people at the forefront. And I think that's what's what was one of the really, really special things about him. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, that's our shirts. So if you can oh, see, yeah. our shirts are "fu man." Oh, that's what that. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, with some dingle dangle coconuts. What do oh, you I think see. of the coconuts? Are they are they supposed are they suggestive? We I don't know. You, we you're didn't projecting design onto it. this. Yeah. I'm projecting. This, we didn't design it, but uh-huh. we felt that someday, if you meet me in private, ask me Jesus. what Aang Su. <laughs> ask me about what Aang Su said about. Uh, what every child in Singapore has to learn to do with oh flat screen TVs. Oh my god, David. Definitely a private conversation. That is a very private conversation. <laughs> I don't think I know this one. I'm going to ask you after we get off the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah, um, <clears throat> But uh, also, listen, this business, if you're in this business professionally, I'm sure a lot of businesses are like this, but, uh, you know, he started a restaurant, was working on another one. He was uh, very, very driven, um, you know, had a lot of stuff going on internally, a lot of us do. Um, It's very, very hard to start a business. It's very hard to do a good job. You always have outsiders beating on you. You have to make people feel good in your place. You have to do like the best you can and guide people who maybe don't always see it the way you do. You can't lose them. You can't lose your crew. It's very high stress. It's It's a lot of problems. It's a lot to go into this business and to try to do it at that level. Please, let's take care of each other out there. Cookie issues. Cooking Issues is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.